Welcome to the Progress Your Health podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Uh, so summer is uh, moving o- along very quickly. I can't even believe it's almost the middle of August already. I know. Summertime is so fun in Washington. Uh, we've gotten a, a rain the last couple of mornings, which actually has been, it's been, uh, we, we had quite a bit of rain in June, at least it seemed like. Uh, July is, was really nice. Uh, and now the last couple of mornings, we, we had a really st- nice stretch with no rain at all. And now, you know, it was kind of nice, actually, with a little bit of drizzle in the morning. And, you know, that, uh, we've got this jungle in the back of our house. Uh, I know that you kind of went back there with little clippers and, you know, trying to, uh, we have this little trail that leads up to another trail. And you were back there a couple of days ago trying to clean up the trail. Exactly. Um, we have a beautiful trail up there. And, and it's funny because we always, I always laugh with my patients that summertime, it's almost, even though it's beautiful, it seems like it's harder to exercise and eat well because it's almost like you're just having too much summertime fun where the holidays, you can be a little bit more diligent because, you know, the holidays are one day, but it seems like summertime fun. So I, we've been trying to rein it in and do some more exercise and eating a little cleaner. Yeah, a little bit more leisure. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's a there's definitely a different mindset. Like summertime, you want to spend time outside. Like we've been doing a lot of hiking. There's this little place down uh, we are actually... Uh, able to walk down to the ocean, literally. It's a couple mile walk, but we take the dog down there. He jumps into the, there's little rocks there and he jumps into the water. And uh, it's just adorable to see him dive off this little rock cliff. And he just, you know, he's not afraid, little waves out there and he just dives in it, uh, you know, and then we come back. And so we've been doing a lot of those kinds of things, but, you know, it's it's kind of easy because of all that nice weather. It's kind of easy to get distracted on the mm-hmm. on the diet and exercise side. <laughs> so yeah, so we've been working on that the last couple of weeks, and yep, trying to get up to the trail. So it's been it's been really fun. I definitely love summer. I hope I wish it would never end, but I also love the holidays and all the different seasons. So you know, hey, let's enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, and we're not going to complain too much about the rain. At least it doesn't get you know cold and snowy. You know, mm-hmm. the rain. You know, it gets a little gloomy, but, uh, you know, not a big deal. We still, uh, we still spend quite a bit of time outside. So we're going to dive into a question. Of course, uh, for those of you that have never listened before, uh, we like to do questions. We get lots of them. Uh, we would love to be able to answer all of them, but, uh, you know, the more we do these podcasts, the more questions that we get. So we're getting further and further behind, but, uh, we're hoping that by answering, uh, you know, a particular question written in a particular way by a particular person that it actually is able to help many, many people at the same time that are, you know, that are listening. Uh, so, uh, hopefully we're able to get to your question. Uh, if we do, you know, um, uh, that's great. If we don't, uh, feel free to send us another email or something. You know, uh, we always like compliments. So, uh, there's, uh, not that we're judging or not that we're picking favorites. We like to pick questions that are relatively easy, uh, for us to answer ones that don't necessarily, we don't have to read too much anyways, cause we're reading them literally almost ver- verbatim. Uh, you know, we, we change everybody's name so we can kind of protect identity that way. Uh, but, um, you know, that way it's in the, you know, the person asking the question, it's literally in their words and then we can, 
you know, we can just kind of discuss it and talk about it. And, you know, hopefully that provides some value to everybody else that's listening that may have a similar situation, or maybe they have a friend or a family member that is dealing with that. And Hey, you know, go listen to this podcast. And that's how, uh, that's how our business has grown over the years has always been through word of mouth. Um, we've, you know, you and I are, and we were making a joke. I think it's from Ace Ventura. Damn it, Jim. Um, or no, I think you originally said, I thought that was from Ace Ventura. And you, Star Trek. And you said it was from Star Trek because you're a Trekkie and I'm not. Right? I never really cared for Star Trek. I thought it was from, from Ace Ventura. I didn't realize it actually came from Star Trek. Uh, what does he say? And damn it, Jim, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pool man. I'm a doctor, not a pool man or something. Uh, and you and I were kind of joking, saying, uh, damn it, you know, uh, Valerie, you know, we're doctors, not marketers or something like that. Uh, we could, you know, we have lots to learn on the marketing side. But nonetheless, our podcast, I think, is growing in a very similar fashion Little by little, little by little, more people are hearing about it. Uh, We certainly don't have millions of downloads like, you know, the Joe Rogan podcast or some of the other big ones. But, you know, I think little by little, it'll start to keep growing. So for those of you who are listening, we really appreciate it. Uh, We want to, you know, keep um, because this information is really hard to find. uh, And even within the uh, alternative medicine, functional medicine, natural medicine space, it's even still hard to find, which, uh, which is some of the reason why we're doing this. So uh, this question is from Monica. So why don't you go ahead and uh, read it for us? Exactly. No, we, we love the questions. If you have a question, trust me, there's lots of other women out there that have that same exact question. So this one's from Monica. Hi, I've been prescribed testosterone cream and I've been advised to apply it to my inner thigh. I was wondering, in doing so, will this reverse the results of my laser hair removal on my bikini line? As per you stated that someone had a similar experience to this. Should I apply it in there or should I apply it in another area? Thank you. And we like this question because, hey, it's summertime and we're wearing shorts and bathing suits. So, um, And also, too, laser hair removal you know, costs a pretty penny. You certainly don't want to reverse that with testosterone cream. Yeah, right. And, you know, we uh, one thing she doesn't tell us is how old she is. It'd be kind of interesting. Not that that really matters much, um, but one thing that we do see, especially being in Southern California and Vegas for so long, is that women sometimes that are too young uh, are being are being given or they're not really the best candidate. They're being given testosterone. Uh, and uh, for a menstruating female, that can, you know, if they're given too much, uh, that can cause that can cause some issues. Yeah, you know, the cream is pretty gentle. Of course, you never do a testosterone orally because that's just really bad for your liver and your digestion eats it up. You don't absorb it. But the cream is pretty gentle. The pellets, I probably ran into more trouble with women doing testosterone pellets because once you insert a testosterone pellet into your bum, there's no going back from there. You know, it's just you got to wait it out. And that's where you see, you know, um, you know, because all hormones are promiscuous. If it can't get into its own receptor site, it'll find another receptor site and hence, you know, create more kind of hormonal imbalance. So I'll see those pellets causing, you know, weight gain, acne, hair loss. Anxiety. Uh, oh yeah. Anxiety. I'm, you know, kind of feeling like very anxious and overwhelmed. Um, two periods in a month, chronic periods, because, you know, testosterone and estradiol are almost very similar in molecular structure. But I'd say the cream is pretty gentle. And I do do cream in in younger women that might be, um, which I would consider more adrenal insufficiency or adrenal fatigue, which is a whole nother podcast. But I do find that women with adrenal fatigue tend to have a little bit lower testosterone levels. So I would, you know, use the cream. And the cool thing about the cream is if you get negative side effects, you just stop it. And then you can, you know, you can stop those negative side effects. But but definitely if you're going to apply a testosterone cream, where you apply it to, if there's a hair follicle there, it can grow that hair follicle into a dark black or kind of, you know, hair growth. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, usually with the cream, the like you said, the benefit of the cream is that it's gentle and you can stop and start it whenever you want, which is very good. So then it really depends on the dosing. Uh, what would you say, this is, uh, this is a rhetorical question. I kind of know this answer, but just so for everybody else's sake, uh, what would you say is a, an, an, a range, a starting range and an ending range for most women that you prescribe testosterone for? Well, I always feel like less is best. You can always start off low and work your way up. You do too much of a good thing, then you're backing out of these symptoms that you're having and you're not really achieving the goals that you're looking for. But definitely I would start with even like one milligram of testosterone once a day. And some women I go up to two milligrams, two and a half milligrams, even twice a day. I have some women on five milligrams twice a day. You know, it really depends on their blood work and their subjective, you know, goals that we're looking for. Yeah, right. I, you know, I also find too, you, you some women can tolerate a whole bunch uh, of testosterone and some women are very sensitive to it. Uh, now, um, now, like you said, with the pellets, uh, there's a whole uh, kind of list of side effects that can potentially happen from the side effects. With the cream, not so much, but there's three cosmetic things, which is this question is kind of alluding to. There's three cosmetic things that uh, most women, if they are going to use a testosterone cream, they have to be kind of worried about. Why don't you tell everybody what those three things are? Well, the first one, like I um, mentioned, is hair growth. There's also acne. And then you can have, now, this is what everyone says. Well, if it causes hair to grow, can I put it on my head and cause more hair, you know, grow more hair? No, it doesn't work that way. It'll grow a hair follicle anywhere on your body, but not on your eyebrows or your scalp. And then also there is, so I guess there would be hair growth, hair loss on the head, acne. And then there's a fourth one where the cream, if you put it on certain locations on your body, it could potentially get on other humans or other little humans or other, you know, pets or little fur creatures we have. Yeah, right. Yeah. We've talked about that certainly with men. Like we uh, like to use, um, more so me, I'm just because I deal with a lot of the husbands. You, you, you and I, or see the wife, and the husband comes later on, and you know he might be looking for testosterone. And we use a, a exclusively uh, a rhythmic dosing method for men's testosterone dosing, and the the amounts that they use on a monthly basis. Now it varies from you know uh, you know throughout the month, uh, but that is a really big issue for both the wife, the kids, and the pets. Um, based on how much uh, the male is using or the, the man of the house is using versus how much the woman is using. She's using, like I say, uh, you said one milligram, uh, that is a oh, starting dose. Maybe 10, you know, yeah. at the most. Yeah, right. Where men are using, uh, if they're using a static dose, it might be 100 twice a day, 100 milligrams a day, might be 200 milligrams a day, could be up to 300 milligrams a day. With the rhythmic dosing, it kind of varies. Uh, you know, that's a very particular schedule that they follow. But, you know, at certain times of the month, they might be doing you know, close to three or 400 milligrams, uh, you know, and that could be somewhat detrimental. Now, this is not to scare anybody. This is not to freak anybody out and become neurotic about it. There's just a few things that a man can do. Uh, he can either use surgical gloves, take the gloves off, or just wash, you know, your hands with really good so hot soapy water. And then there's no problem after that. Uh, if and there's- then apply it to the lower half of the body or someplace that wouldn't come into contact if you were to hug or shake hands. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So, you know, so she says here, you know, she was instructed to apply it to the inner thigh. We always recommend the inner thigh for women, especially women. Women certainly are not going to have usually a lot of leg hair. For men, it can be a little more challenging because they obviously have a lot more body hair than females do. So we might, if a man does have very hairy legs, we might have him put it on the back of his knee, uh, something like that. But usually for something like this, and even estrogen, uh, the inner thigh is usually the only place that we recommend it. Now, in the case of Monica, and I and I do this too, is if 
it is causing, you know, dark hair growth in that area. And after you sprint, you know, spent a pretty penny on laser hair removal, I do tell them to put it on the fat pad or the back of their knee. Like for me, you know, I'm dark haired and I've got dark hair. So sure, if you're, you know, light and fair skinned, you apply testosterone cream, it could cause like a little more fuzzy, like blonde hair, fuzzy blonde hair to grow. But for somebody that has dark hair, like I do, you put it on the inner thigh, it could potentially cause a little bit of, you know, dark hair to grow on that inner thigh, which you can shave off. Sure. Um, But if you've had laser hair removal, you know, you don't, Sometimes you don't want that to come back and then you have to shave it again because you got rid of it for a reason. So I do think that for those women, I do say, you know, be careful, put it on the back of your knee because we do have a really nice fat pad, but you know, we do have some hair follicles right above that fat pad of the knee that could potentially cause that hair growth to grow. And just be careful if you're wearing a skirt or a dress or shorts, where if you sat down on a chair, you could transmit it to some other, you know, inanimate object that someone else comes along, sits on it, and that could be transferred over. Yeah, right. But the likelihood, now granted, it would depend on the dosing, right? If you're at one milligram, if you're putting it on your inner thigh, it's not going to change the, it's not going to change the bikini line. It's just not, it's just not close enough. It needs, usually that, that hair color change is going to happen. Maybe the growth in the hair color, the hyperpigmentation of that hair follicle is going to happen right where you apply the cream. So the inner thigh in some ways is, again, like you said, unless you're wearing a skirt or shorts or something, uh, you know, it is going to change the color, especially like I'm blonde, you're dark haired. Uh, If I were to put testosterone on my inner thigh, uh, you know, it might, it might, it doesn't happen in every case, but it might darken the hairs there. So now if you're, you know, if you're, you know, blonde hair and blue eyes, you're going to have a darker patch of hair where you put that testosterone. You don't. And just, hey, for full transparency, you put on testosterone cream and you have no dark hair. You're still just as fair on, you know, with that hair on your legs as it ever was. And you're right. And and granted, you're putting on a male dose of testosterone and it hasn't changed. So it really depends on the individual too, I think. But like Dr. Mackey had mentioned, the dose, you know, one milligram of testosterone for a female, you know, even if you've got as dark a hair as I do, it's, it's not going to really do too much of a change on your inner thigh, as opposed to if you're doing quite a bit of testosterone. And I know maybe now, you know, here, here it is 2020. They don't, most docs don't use that much testosterone in their dosing anymore. We're way back. I would say maybe like 2013 or 14, it was very common for docs to give women, you know, 25 milligrams of testosterone. Yeah, You know, I don't know if I agree with that because we, we still get people all the time that other doctors have put them on testosterone and they always use too much, uh, you know, um, and I want to generalize because I think women doctors do that and male doctors do that. Male doctors tend to maybe do that a little bit more. They think that it's good for men. And if a woman's complaining of low libido, they give them a bunch of testosterone. Sometimes, as we talked on some other podcasts, that's usually the worst thing to do because it just kind of magnifies some of their symptoms. But I asked you earlier, what's that range? From one milligram to what? What's the upper range that you typically the use? The highest I probably go is 10 milligrams. You know, um, That's a a pretty hefty dose though. You know, but that's only maybe a handful more in menopausal females. Um, I find that those higher doses where they might do five milligrams in the morning, five milligrams in the evening, they might be somebody that had been fairly competitive, athletically competitive in their younger years that they seem to run really well on those higher levels of testosterone. And and you're right. I mean, there are a lot of doctors out there still giving women, you know, 20 milligrams, 25 milligrams of pellet. Pellets or injections, I like to think the trend is they're, realizing that the side effects from that are happening fairly, you know, commonly that they would start to reduce. I like to think that the trend is going down, but maybe you're right. Maybe docs are still, you know, 
putting a little bit too much because too much of a good thing we all know is not a good thing. Yeah, right. And testosterone is not is not the predominant hormone and not to bag on anything else, you know, whatever. We're just t- talking here and we're just basing all of this on what we see and how we see women, women that come to us and how women play out. You've always said that if you're building a cake, you know, for a woman, it's all about the estrogen progesterone as the foundation is at the actual cake. And the testosterone is always the icing on the cake. It's not the place to start. It's the place to finish. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of the, maybe that's more of the trend is that women are being, you know, and again, it's more problematic for menstruating women. Okay, women that are, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, maybe in their early 40s, mid 40s, and later 40s, you know, testosterone becomes a big, uh, uh, you know, much more likely at that case. But I think, like you said, it, it seems almost more appropriate for the menopausal women. And like you had said, where you put the testosterone cream, and I said that earlier too, is when it touches that follicle, it has the potential to cause hair growth. So if you're putting it on your inner thigh, you know, down by your knee or kind of, you know, between mid inner thigh, that's not going to nest. And granted, as we all know, the skin is one big, you know, membrane that sure that, that, you know, that cream can move and change and maybe go to a different location. But it really, in my experience, I don't find that if you're putting that testosterone cream on your middle thigh, it's not going to migrate up to your bikini line where you had had, you know, that, you know, you had had the laser hair removal. I don't find that it's going to migrate that far up there and really cause that hair to come back unless someone's actually applying it to that area. Yeah, right. Which wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily do on purpose. It would be a very unusual place to put it. However, like you said about dosing now, granted, uh, 10 milligrams seems, you know, that's a one to 10 milligrams. I think you're right. That's a range, but the average I would say would be about one to five. Yeah, exactly. One yeah. To, probably about five. two and a half, maybe three. Um, but then on a side note about laser hair removal, because I think it's really cool and it does work because, you know, shaving your legs, especially when you're <laughs> dark hair can be a pain, but some women will actually do laser hair removal to their entire leg. You know, they don't just do it to the bikini line. They'll do it to the entire leg. Sure. It's a process. It's pricey, but it, you know, you know, it works that if you were to do like your entire thigh for hair, you know, for that laser hair removal, it could, you know, potentially I've had a couple of patients that have done that and that it started to come back. Right, right, right. Uh, now the bigger issue to be concerned, I think the inner thigh for, you know, Monica's situation is still the best place to put it. It's not going to affect the bikini the line. Or maybe the back of the knee, that or, fat or, pad or in the back the of the back knee. Or the back of the knee. Yeah, that, those two places are fine. Uh, the, however, the thing that she has to worry about as every woman using testosterone has to worry about, which is what we're trying to get across here, is that it's about the dosing. Uh, and it takes usually about four to, you know, uh, maybe even up to eight to 12 weeks for those three things to show up. The hair growth, chin, upper lip, sideburns uh, around the areola and abdomen below the belly. Yeah. But, uh, abdomen below, below the mm-hmm. belly button. Um, those are the kind of the male secondary sex characteristics that are, uh, that are, you know, um, you know, predominant in men. That's what happens from that androgen. Testosterone is an androgen, even DHEA. So women that have PCOS, we've talked a lot about PCOS on here. We're going to talk about it in the future that when a woman is uh, producing her own with the, what we call endogenous production for whatever reason, her physiology is in a way usually re- related to stress and insulin and all these things we'll talk about later on as well, that her own body is producing too much and uh, too much androgens, DHA and testosterone. Both of those can cause those three, those three or four symptoms that we're talking about hair growth, hair loss, acne, uh, all those things that, you know, really women um, do not want. Uh, you know, those are, you know, in some ways socially unacceptable. You know, I'm glad you don't have a beard, right? I'm glad you don't have a, 
five o'clock shadow that would not be, um, you know, that would not be something appealing for a woman to have those things uh, necessarily. Uh, so like I said, it can happen if you are experiencing those. They call that hirsutism. That is a, a direct, uh, you know, a consequence of having that increased androgen production, whether it is endogenous, like I said, your body is producing it because of a imbalance in the physiology, or it's exogenous, meaning that it's coming from outside. In this case, it's a prescription that is being prescribed by somebody. Exactly. So I would say, like you said, the dose is probably number one important. So if it's too high, it's going to cause some of these, those secondary um, characteristics you had and side effects you had mentioned, probably the dose, but you know, don't, for females, ladies, don't ever put your testosterone in your arms. You know, that skin is too thin. Um, it goes right into your bloodstream and then it's out. You need a nice fat pad to really, you know, because all, all hormones are, have a steroid or a cholesterol backbone, so they're all fat-soluble. And and trust me, I've seen a few women that came in as new patients sit down in front of me and they got hairy arms. And I said, where are you, you know, they're getting testosterone from another doctor. They're switching for whatever reason. And I said, well, you need to stop applying your you know, your testosterone to your arms, because that's why they're kind of dark and hairy. One patient I had, she would only apply it to one arm, apparently. So she had one hairy arm and one non-hairy arm, and she couldn't figure out why. And I'm like, oh, it's the testosterone cream. Yeah, well, the unfortunate part is some doctors tell them to do that. Even the pharmacies sometimes tell patients to do that. So we, you know, that's, you know, so we're trying to do our public services, you know, just keep it to your inner thighs. Uh, you can alternate. You don't have to rotate too many locations. You can go back and forth. That's fine. But you don't have to be changing locations all the time. Uh, the inner thighs is going to be a fairly covered area anyway. So if there is a little bit of hyperpigmentation to those hair follicles, uh, you know, you can, sh- like you said, you can shave it off or no one's going to see it, uh, you know, unless, you know, unless you want them to see it, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, but you're right. Uh, even the estrogen cream, biased and estriol and all those things, even progesterone, do not apply it to your wrist. Some say we'll kind of rub it on your wrist like you're going to rub in uh, perfume or something. We don't recommend that. Uh, the forearm, the upper arm, uh, none of those locations are necessary. Even the, I've heard people even say rubbing it into their abdomen. Um, don't really like that idea much either. The leg is pretty much fat and muscle. Uh, as you said, all those sex hormones, DHEA, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, those are all steroid uh, you know, hormones, they all have that, like you said, that cholesterol backbone. Uh, and so they absorb very well into that, you know, into that fatty tissue. Not to say everyone's got fat thighs, um, but, you know, it's... There's uh, a fat pad there. Yeah, there is. There's, <laughs> you know, there's a certain layer of subcutaneous, you know, uh, you know, fat underneath the skin and it absorbs very well. And it's relatively close to the uterus or the testicles okay, or the ovaries, right? You know, so you're close, but you're... I've had a lot of men too. They think, oh, well, if, if, if I put on my inner thigh, should I just put it on my testicles? You know, men, you know, men are, can be a little dumb sometimes. Uh, they should not be putting uh, those things directly on the genitalia. That's just a really bad idea. But you know, sometimes you have to kind of, you know, they think they have this wonderful idea, but you know, in it ends up being a little bit counterproductive at the, you know, at the end. And just a quick note, cause I don't, you know, want to drone on and, you know, here for you guys, but, or for everyone, but the, um, the fat pad, sure. That's important. So people will say, well, you know, Hey, I got a little fat on my stomach. Why don't I put my hormones there? But, um, I think abdominal fat is so different than, um, adipose or fat tissue everywhere. It has just a different effect. I think, you know, so I don't like anything on the, on the abdomen. And then just on a side note is it's just for females. It's just too close to the breast tissue. I don't want testosterone, even my, even attempting to migrate or, or getting on the breast tissue, just like even putting it on your arms or people will put it on like their inner upper arms. And 
let's say, you know, you put it on after a shower and you might not put on your shirt or your, you know, your top yet. And, it, you know, your arms can touch your breasts. And I just don't want any, any kind of testosterone or estrogen or those kind of hormones touching, you know, touching the breast tissue just because yeah. that tissue in itself has got its own, you know, it's a lot, but I kind of, I don't consider it volatile, but you know, it's, it's got its own harmony that we don't need to have. Well, it's not it that there. those hormones are directly dangerous, right? You know, our body makes those hormones for good reason. We're very healthy when we're 25. We have lots of hormone as those hormones begin to decline is when disease shows up. So we're not saying that those things are directly dangerous, but just like men putting testosterone on their testicles, we do not want to put those hormones on a hormone sensitive tissue. That's right? a great way of yeah. saying it. A hormone sensitive yeah. tissue. You wouldn't want to put it right over the abdomen where your uterus is you wouldn't want to put it on the breast tissue you know directly we wouldn't want to put it on you know all those kind of areas so the leg is kind of a in some ways like a inert you know inert body structure there's nothing too vital around it it can still get into the bloodstream which is what we want and then it can have its kind of subtle effect on the different uh, on the different tissue types in the body the brain the breast the you know the the testicles you know whatever the case you know muscle whatever the case might be uh, without having that direct contact with that particular hormone so now people can be safe and assured that they're doing it the right way and then there's not all this confusion of all these different locations on where they're supposed to put it so i think in monica's case uh, i think we've kind of decided or have hopefully communicated well that the inner thigh is still the best place to put uh, to put it and your bikini line uh, or the, I'm sorry, or the back of the knee uh, and the, the bikini line should be safe. I agree. Okay. Uh, so again, if you have any questions, you do not want to post it on our, uh, you know, everyone kind of finds our different episodes or blog posts and they write comments. If you don't feel comfortable with that, you can always send us an email at help at progressionhealth.com. Again, that's help at progressionhealth.com. Uh, you know, one thing we haven't asked before, if we do answer your question on the podcast, please, uh, you know, we haven't asked for much necessarily, but we would like if we do answer your question to come back and uh, give us a review on iTunes or whatever platform it is that you're using. Uh, that will, as it says in our outro, most people don't listen to intros and outros very much. Mm -hmm. They might skip past them, um, but it does help us kind of grow organically. And, you know, if you find this useful, share it with your girlfriends or uh, your family members and, you know, we will kind of grow together and the more that that happens, the more people we can help. And uh, at, that way, everybody benefits. Thank you so much. All right. Until uh, next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at ProgressYourHealth.com.